you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. On this episode, we officially enter Tanakh territory, pick up some salvage contracts, and help a flooded village. Welcome to episode 50 of Lightkeeper Protocol. Welcome to Lightkeeper Protocol, a podcast about our journey through Horizon Zero Dawn and Horizon Forbidden West. I am Jarrett, but you can call me Ja, and I am here with Christina, also known as Pop-Tart. Hello. I'd like to thank everybody for taking the time to check out Lightkeeper Protocol. Uh, I'd like to welcome any new listeners as well as welcome back any returning listeners. Uh, And I'd love to have you guys join our Discord so you can talk about Horizon Zero Dawn and Forbidden West. And that's at mash.gg slash discord. So what did we talk about last time? We were still actually we were kind of finishing up Plain Song quests, right? I mean, we still have like a quest or two in Plain Song. Mm-hmm. Nah, I think I think a quest. I think it's Song. one quest, yeah. I think it's one, but I don't I don't think you get into I know I definitely didn't get into later. Like I if I if this quest was available, I passed this person. A million times. <laughs> oh, I actually accepted it. Like, well, remember when I was exploring the outer perimeter of, you know, the whole right. area before I crossed the, the mountain. So I got it then, but then realized very fast that I couldn't I couldn't do anything. So. Oh, OK. Now, I when I got the quest that we're talking about, like the area that the quest was in is a very active area that we're going to start talking about in the next episode. And that person was not there to my knowledge. So uh, we'll see, but let's not talk about next episode. Let's talk about this episode (laughs) (laughs) for now. And uh, yeah, so we, we are crossing over from plain song into Tanakh territory finally. Right. And I think before they kind of try to make it seem like the only way through to the Tanakh territory was kind of through the base, right? That's because that's the way Talana came, that mm-hmm. she came through the base. But if she would have looked a little farther north, there is another opening that she could have went through, which is a bandit camp. But I can't imagine that would have been too difficult for Talana to get through. Yeah, I'm kind of curious. Like, is there any like gate or like way to block you off from going? I didn't even look or try. I didn't go that far north. The whole thing is a gate. I guess technically speaking. From the direction you would have came in, because you came into Tanakh territory through the base, right? Mm-hmm. So that means when you went back to that area for the bandit camp, it probably would have just looked like a regular bandit camp. If you come through Plainsong, it is a gate. It's like barren light, essentially. Oh. Yeah, so it's definitely a full, it's, it's, it's to keep people out. Those pesky, pesky Utaro, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, those bloodthirsty Utaro. <laughs> so, yep. <laughs> um, yeah, but that, that it, it, it's, it, is a, it is a gate. So I can, I can see why you wouldn't have seen that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, other, other than it being a gate, it, it's, it's a regular. It's, a, it's not even a bandit camp. Sorry, it's just an outpost. So there's nothing 
special about it. Like, honestly, we've only done one bandit camp so far. All the other bandit camps are in Tanakh territory. You mean rebel? Rebel camps, sorry. I got you. I keep saying bandit camps. I know, I do that too. Bandit camps, rebel camps. Same thing. (laughs) Same thing. Uh, But yeah, so, yeah, all we got to do is just find the boss and kill him. And this is another one where I just, like, I I had the ability to do a one-hit silent strike at this point because, you know, you got to upgrade for that. And I just sat in the grass and let the guy, because he had a gun on him. He had, like, one of the Deathbringer guns. And so I just let him walk past me and poke, poke, you know, (laughs) and then he's dead. I take the tags and uh, then I I was just going to leave and somebody saw me. And so not only did they see me, I did not see them seeing me. So it alerted the entire camp. (laughs) So I did this one really early on. And when I first started doing these, I killed everyone because I was like, why would I not? Once I got more experience and was like, I don't have time for that. I just like, you know, yeah. but this was so early on. I was like, oh, I'll kill everyone, whatever. And I felt so bad because I rode my mountain, but I like parked him kind of further out and I got in a little bit of trouble. So I ran away and then they were like, there you are. And I'm like, what do you mean? You can't see me and look over and they destroyed my poor mount. <laughs> oh, you're a terrible mount owner. <laughs> I am. That happened like three times within like an hour of me playing. Oh, yeah. Now, I, uh, I, I got caught sneaking out. I wasn't doing a very good job. Uh, the thing I did notice is that a lot of these, well, I guess not, I noticed the second time around watching the footage is that a lot of these, I think everybody is wearing Desert Clan colors. Everybody. Like, the only thing that looks like Regala Rebels, like, like the, the definitive Regala Rebel, is when they have a mask on. But if you crack that mask off, they're wearing Desert Clan colors that, you know, red, black, and yellow. Oh, I didn't notice. Yeah, so I, I when I go to other rebel outposts and bandit and bandit camps and rebel camps, <laughs> I'm definitely gonna be paying attention to see are they rocking the colors of that specific Tanakh clan? Because I mean it makes sense because you are in Desert Clan territory. You are like you are in Desert Clan territory here. Yeah. So it, it would make sense. But I would also think that when you joined Regala's clan, you kind of because Regala's clan is, is going to be like an amalgamation of all the different clans. Like everybody from the, the other clans who disagree with Hikaru, they're going to join Regala. Right. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the idea. So I thought maybe they had their own colors, which I, I thought was green. <laughs> I thought that was the official uniform of the Regala rebel. I never looked at them that hard. It, it does make sense. Why, you know, what? I don't want to get into that until next episode, but I never paid attention to like what they were wearing or like their face paint or anything. The rebels or the clans? The rebels. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Cause actually, well, yeah, each clan definitely has their, their, uh, a specific color that they rock. Like yeah. the, the desert clan has, uh, they not only they have the colors that they rock, but they also have a very specific way of dressing. Like their mm-hmm. armor looks different. Like the Desert Clan, lots of midriff and um, <laughs> lots of yellow, black, and, and and red. Like that, those are the official colors of the Desert Clan. The Sky Clan, lots of like white and I'm gonna say magenta. Is that like white and magenta? I think it is. Yeah, sure. I was uh, I was gonna say pink, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fine, that's, too. 
close <laughs> to each other, right? Uh, close enough. Close yeah. enough for this show. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So it's right uh, next to each like, other. White and magenta. I, I don't know. Maybe are they wearing? I, I would think they'd be wearing more because they're up in where, where the snow is. Yeah, I thought that they'd be wearing some like I guess heavier clothing, but I don't recall them wearing heavier clothing. I think they're wearing like, like less clothing. Yes, that's what I'm like. I'm picturing it back in my head. Like they have less clothes on than the other clans. Like they're dressed like the desert clan, but in the snow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then you have, and I cannot remember the name of this clan. When I when I see Hikaro for the first time, I'm gonna remember the name, but it's gonna like it's is it's, is it the Marsh clan? It's I was not the Marsh say clan. Marsh, but that doesn't sound right. I called them the Leaf Clan when I was talking to Christina earlier. I cannot remember off the top of my head what their clan is called, but a lot, but like a lot of the armor in their clan. First of all, their clan colors are like green or bluish green, uh, teal. Maybe teal is the color I might be looking for. Lowland. <laughs> That's why we Lowland couldn't remember because <laughs> the other ones are named by like their location, and then well, I guess this is still location, but it is technically of- location. Yeah. I, yeah, I never, I never thought of that as the lowland. It looks more like marshlands. Marshlands, like, yeah, yeah. But maybe the dev, devs are talking like we can't call them the Marsh Clan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that would that would make sense. I mean, it, it, technically speaking, it is at a lower elevation than yeah. the other other clans, so that would also make sense. But uh, yeah, I think their their like official color is like teal or some like some shade of green. But the most important thing is their armor has a lot of feathers on it. It's mm-hmm. got like yeah, a lot, a lot of feathers. That's what I remember from their armor. So everybody has like a specific look. So now I'm definitely going to be looking to see if the rebels in each area kind of, you know, mirror that look. Because I would think that it would have been more impressive to have rebels of all different types. Like kind of mixed together, mm-hmm. you know, but maybe, you know, Regalo is thinking, oh, you know this area, so you stay here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You right. you 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 muck things up here because you know the, the area well. You know. See, I you, think the opposite though. I think it would make them weaker because if they like leave their their tribe, that they might not act the way they quote unquote should act if their tribe comes because maybe they have some feelings. Maybe. I mean that that is also a possibility, but I think like I think like to 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 break off with their clan and then to join Regala's rebels, uh, you kind of have to be dedicated to that cause, you know. Yes, yes, and no. You don't have to be dedicated to her cause to join because that goes against everything like that they were kind of going for, you know. Yes and no, but we'll talk about that later. Okay. If you say so. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring it up in like 15 episodes and be like. You remember when I said we're going to talk about that thing? <laughs> <laughs> remember when I said oh, later? It is. It's later. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that 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 bandit outpost is the first thing that I saw going into the green swell. Because that's what this area is called. It's called the green swell, which I think we kind of get a little bit more clarity on that name later. Uh it, is, it feels a little weird because it is the, the territory of the Desert Clan. It is north of Shining Wastes, which is the Desert Clan. I kind of want to say main, main area, but I kind of feel like Dry Yarn, which is south of Shining Wastes, is the Desert Clan main area. Technically speaking, it's both. But Shining Wastes is where like their capital is, which is right. Scalding Spear. 
but the dry urn is like a larger area and they just feel like there's more activities there. It's the problem. We were talking about this before we started recording. The problem with this game is they don't tell you the areas on the map. So I have problems trying to figure out. I can see where it is, but I have problems figuring out like, oh, man, what's this area? Like you can yeah. see kind of in the lands where like things are, are cut up, but it would be easier if it was like an overlay. Like this is plain song and this is no man's land. And right. It would make it a little bit easier. So, I mean, it did feel easier for us to identify areas in Zero Dawn, though. It did. But they were, I feel like they were a lot more different. Like Dryern and what was the other one? See, Shining Waste look the same. They do. They look basically the same. I couldn't even remember the name. It's like it's not written on the map anywhere. I thought the whole thing was the dry urn until I looked into the like the dry urn like wiki and I was like, mm-hmm. none of the stuff that I'm looking for is here. Oh, it's somewhere else. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. I mean, well, for the most part, like Baron Light looks different than No Man's Land. Looks different from Plain Song. They all they, those areas all look different. But now that we're over here though these two areas do look kind of they do look the same essentially you just have to like really pay attention to where you are yeah so uh but yeah the the green swell some of it like i can't tell if it's supposed to be like marshland or if it's just flooded because the quest we're going to talk about the that area is definitely flooded mm-hmm but some of the the other areas in the Greenswell, I I can't tell if it's supposed to be like a marshland or if it if it's because of the area being flooded. Well, they kind of talk about that a little bit in what they we're do. about to talk about. So, yes, that's what I said. I, I, we're going to really find out why I think this area is called the the Greenswell. So, uh, but this area is definitely it's pretty light on activities because there's really only two things i shouldn't say two things to do there are there's one like solo activity like which is the survey drone in greenswell and then you have a salvage camp there which is going to give you five quests but let's start with the survey drone uh which is actually not far from the bandit camp at all like Mm -hmm. i went straight from the bandit camp up a hill not even up a hill up a like a mountain and then the uh, the survey drone was like right there, like the area where I needed to get the survey drone was just there. Like I didn't have to do anything special. <laughs> like I didn't have to climb it. I didn't have to figure out where to go. I just went, and there it was. I was actually looking for green shine, not the not the drone. <laughs> so this was the first drone I actually got. Because the first one that I saw was in Plain Song, but there was Blight around it or something. Or maybe I didn't even it see was, it. I it don't, was Blight, yeah. Yeah. So this is the first one I actually went for. And <laughs> I made a mistake. Because I didn't know how to get it. And I didn't realize it was flying around in a circle. Because I didn't know what I was looking at. And I was watching it fly by. And there's like a little platform that you can jump off and get it. But no, I was so focused on the rocks that were like in the center. I was like, oh, that's how you have to get it. So I climbed all the way to the top of like the North Mountain, glided down <laughs> onto the rocks in the center and then tried to jump for it and missed. I didn't even know I had to jump for it. I was like, oh, I think that's what you have to do. I tried that twice and I was like, this isn't working. I'll come back later. And then later I found out you could jump off the little 
So, I'm going to ask you a quick question. Mm -hmm. In this game, mm -hmm. where you have the focus, you saw something that you've never seen before. Mm -hmm. You didn't use your focus to check it out? I did. Oh, okay. And I saw, I the, say, I saw the path, but oh, like, okay, I, right. I didn't realize that it stopped right there, even though I, I, I'm pretty sure I saw it stop right there. And it just didn't, it didn't, it didn't click. click. Okay. Yeah. Because it stops in multiple places. Like, it, it does stop in multiple places. But there's other yeah. places you just can't get to. And you know what's funny is I've seen people later on in the game get this drone by landing on that sensor rock and getting it from that way. So I'm not. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, because I Googled it. To make sure to see if like I was the only other person that tried to do that and how they did it, um, and they did have a different different method on getting up there, but yeah, no, I didn't see anyone jumping off the little platform to get it. Oh, okay, so. yeah, like I, I guess I, I got lucky. It was just like not only did because I, I saw the drone like flying around as I got up there, as I got close to the platform, it just stopped. It was, I was like, oh, okay. So I just ran and I jumped on it. The negative part of that is that right below where you bring the drone down <laughs> are a few rebels that I wasn't expecting to see, you know? So they're just there hanging out by some fire gleam. Yes. So uh, luckily they weren't too difficult to deal with. And then the fire gleam, that's where I got my first purge water trap. And huh. I'm disappointed in myself. Because it clearly says when you, because that was my first purge water weapon at all. You know how it brings up the dialogue box that explains how the elemental works. Mm -hmm. It clearly tells you everything I discovered later. <laughs> it's like, oh, like, I just didn't read it. Properly. I did. That was so many things like purge water and plasma. I think when I see new things, I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, I don't. It's, I think part of the problem is like, it's wordy. It's wordy. Like, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh man, mm. we're we're playing a game here, not reading a textbook. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I already threw, uh, I already threw f like food in the in the trash. Right. Like that's that's a non-existent thing through the rest of the game. After that first, you know, errand or whatever that you do with it. Right. I, you know, there's other cooks around. I always make if they offer me a free meal, I always took it. I was like, I might need it one day <laughs> you know for something i i was watching a video where the one cook was like i'll give you a free meal and i'm like whatever <laughs> i never took it <laughs> like, i did not care i always yeah I, I take i take those i take those so the free stuff now i will say that this drone is actually really close to a rollerback site which is right next to a plowhorn site so you like that could be a really dangerous situation if you mess that <laughs> if you if you mess that up. Um, it's really easy to dive in up there, especially because there's an apex plow horn there too. There's a couple apex machines. It's like an apex plow horn. I think it's an apex like burrower. Um, so yeah, like it's it's a busy area. Uh, I did alert the entire area, by the <laughs> way, but I'll, I'll talk about that a little later. But this is um. This is the first rollerback I've actually seen. I've gotten rollerback tails because I was trading metal blocks for the tails because I would have metal blocks and then I would see this legendary item rollerback tail and I would take it. And this is my first time actually seeing a rollerback, which is actually pretty cool. Uh, I mean, their primary attack is rolling into a ball and propelling themselves at you. And they have a gravity generator. And if you knock off their armor, 
if if you knock off their armor and you leave them alive for a certain period of time, they will use the gravity generator to pull all the armor back onto themselves. Have you seen that? I I have. Uh, so I've seen them in the wild, but I never tried to fight them until it was uh, like a forced fight, and that's when I saw it. But like, yeah, like yeah, you, you, you just can't knock the armor off, and then, then it's all good. Like, no, you need to kill it within a certain amount of time because it will pull all of its armor back. Too, it can actually shoot its armor plates at you as well. Oh, I didn't know that. I did not fight that many. Like I said, it was like that forced fight, like maybe two or three of them. And that was yeah. it. I don't know if I just wasn't expecting it or if I did or if the tell is just that fast. But I, I took an armor plate straight to the face. Like, <laughs> I, like, I can't. I, I just don't. Like I said, I just don't know if I maybe I wasn't paying attention. But man, yeah, right to the face. But yeah, rollerbacks are. They, 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 they also spit adhesive. That's what they do. They they fire adhesive at you, so they'll slow you down if you if you get hit. The plow horns do the same thing. Like uh, where the grim horns would shoot fire from their horns, the plow mm-hmm. horns will shoot adhesive. I either never got hit by that or just never noticed. But I feel like if I got hit by that, I would notice. You would definitely notice because you go slow. If you you will go slow. Like if you if you get stuck with that status, no pun intended. you will you will will go slow (laughs) yeah i never got hit with it then yeah so rollbacks are one of my they're fun fight i think they're fun fight because they're pretty active like you know you gotta uh you know dodge and not get hit by the armor plates and all that stuff so i miss every dodge every time they roll for me i just i dodge way too yeah i dodge way too (laughs) early and get smacked (laughs) oh man yeah so uh, I think that, yeah, I'm pretty sure the rollerbacks have an adhesive pouch. I just can't remember what it is. I've, I'm pretty sure I've definitely popped one before because I've made them like goo themselves, you know, so. Uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, I don't know, like adhesive themselves. Like, <laughs> that, that's there the you closest thing. It's a goo. It's a sticky goo. <laughs> sorry. I just wasn't expecting that wording. It threw me off. Oh, my apologies. Sorry. Yeah. No, at the at the time that I started fighting them, I just was aciding everything. Uh, oh, yeah. Th- I think that was before I realized how good acid was. I think that was yeah. like, because that was pretty early. Like, once you realize how, like, acid is the new, is the new frost. It's the like, new it's, frost. It, it, yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Like, they nerfed frost and gave us acid. <laughs> so... On hard, oh my god! Like it, it was so discouraging to use frost on hard because you would have to work so hard to frost something, mm-hmm. and then they were frosted for like ten seconds, fifteen seconds. Like man, forget this. I you feel know, like so. frosting didn't last that long either on just normal mode. But like that's the thing is like w- once I discovered acid, I don't think I frosted a single thing after that. Yeah, anything that had armor. Previously, we were frost at first, and then right. sh- and then shoot it. And, but no, now if it has armor, use acid. Yeah, occasionally yeah. I would frost just for brittle to tear things. So I would like purge, right. frost, acid is kind of like my progression. Yeah, honestly, I just especially toward the end game, you're either, I think you're either using acid or you're using purge water. Mm-hmm. You know. And plasma, if you can get off enough damage, like I just, but sometimes it doesn't feel like, I mean, even if you get good damage on the, on plasma, cause you have to build it up. 
yeah. and wait for the timer to go down. It just doesn't feel great because it's not in, it's you don't get like an instant uh, gravitation like fighting a a, a slither slither fang. Mm-hmm. Yeah, slither fang. And you know, because they 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 have acid, they have purge water, and they have electricity, and then you purge it, and it's just like, oh, I guess I won't do anything then. <laughs> you know, that's that's a, that's a good feeling. It is, but they get really rough. They really get in your face, and it's hard to avoid them. I was fighting one like towards the. I don't know if there's any apex ones. If there are, maybe it was an apex one. But towards the end of the game, I was fighting one just for its parts, and I was not having a great time even after purge watering it. No, I, I I enjoy those fights. I enjoy those fights. Uh, but yeah, so let's move on to the salvage camp, which this wasn't one of my favorites. I do remember Honda, uh, Handa, Handa. I think it's Handa. Do there, you yeah. do you remember them? <laughs> yeah, I think it's Handa, not Honda. <laughs> it's one word. It's one word. Well, let her off. Uh, but yeah, I think it's mainly because of her her attitude, right? She has, she's the most almost pompous to to a point but she's also friendly and nice but she's also like i'm a genius she's kanye <laughs> you know she's <laughs> she, she, she's the kanye of yeah she's the kanye of uh of, of the salvage contractors pretty much because uh first of all she put herself into a pretty dangerous position being in Tanakh territory because most of the other salvagers are not in Tanakh territory. Well, I shouldn't say most. I think there's only four of them or there are five salvage contractors. Uh, you wouldn't know because you didn't do it. Shh. I'm, count- I'm counting. <laughs> I know four. I'm pretty sure there's four. I'm pretty sure there's four. Uh, so to, I guess 50% of them, cause there is another one in Tanakh territory and I forget what ex- we'll get to them, but like they, they have a reason for being there. They're like, uh, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. She's just kind of like, well, they have bigger problems to deal with. And she's probably talking about Regala. Uh, but she thinks highly of her genius and she thinks that's what's going to win her a crew's prize. And she says she's going to make a masterpiece. She's like, oh, this is going to be a work of art. And she promises to pay, uh, compensate Aoi for help, even though seeing, her work should be compensation enough. That's like a Kanye thing to say, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I guess, I guess so. Yeah, you know, Steve Jobs, Walt Disney, Kanye. <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> have you ever heard, ever heard that conversation? I haven't. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to send that to you after we're done. Oh, like. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, she uh, at first she didn't even want to speak with Aloy because she I guess she was kind of busy being a genius, you know, and in her thoughts. And when she saw that Aloy was a hunter, she thought she could help her. She's like, okay, like you know, I have some tasks for you. And uh, she wants to make armor with the steadfastness of the gentle plowhorn and the fury of the raving, oh sorry, raging ravager. Her words to a degree. I just messed that up twice. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> those are mostly her words. I'm trying to say. Wait, she says the plowhorn is wait what? steadfast. Oh, steadfast. Steadfast. What did you think I said? Pleasant or gentle? I don't know, man. <laughs> the, the steadfastness of the gentle plowhorn. Yeah, gentle plow. Are they gentle? Uh, for the most part, I, they're supposed to be. I mean, they are the only reason the Utaro have been able to eat. For the most part, until the last ten years, right? Well, so. outside of plain song, I guess I see grim horns and not plow horns. So, like, 
Do they? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think I ran into plowhorns often. Well, technically speaking, any machine that we fight is going to kill us. So it's going to try to kill us. True. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but plowhorns, their primary objective is their primary concern is not fighting. So they're not like a watcher or a burrower or something like that. Right. Know? Or a ravager. Uh, but yeah, so like, like I said, I remember her. And I also remember the bug that her contracts had, the last one, which I'll get into a little bit. But her quests, like, well, her contracts just aren't that memorable for me. And another thing is, like, they are spread out, too. Like, the other contracts, I think you could just kind of go and do them for the most part. If you want to, you could do bang, 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 and they're done. But with hers, like, especially the um, one called Ancient Relics. Where she's like, there's a graveyard of ancient relics nearby, and she wants you to go collect them, but it's in two different sites, and one site is to the north, and one site is to the south, and they're not, like, the south site is not close. Even the, the northern site goes past another side quest. And so the northern site is, technically speaking, still in the green swell, but the southern site is definitely in dry iron. Oh, that's It's so definitely weird. in dry iron. Yeah, like, it goes far. Like, that, the southern site is why I went my path, and you went yours. You know, when we were playing the game. Yeah. that That's the reason I went to Arrowhand first, as opposed to going to spa, a Scalding Spear. I was going to call it a Spalding Spear. Spalding Spear. <laughs> Spalding Spear. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so th- that's the, like, that one was like, it's kind of all over the place. The Plowhorn Parts one was actually pretty close. It was kind of, it was almost a little annoying, only because it was uh, kind of an open area. And you got to, like, Follow behind the plow horns and pick up these flowers before you take them down. I'm pretty sure you still have, you have to take both of them down. So you got to pick up these flowers behind the plow horns. Like, yeah. That's like so they, they annoying. Leave, they leave these like flowers in their trail. So, and it's an open area too. Because like I said, it's, it's got, it, there's like blight there. So, you know, normally where there's blight, there's not cover. <laughs> Right. No, man, I'm so glad I didn't do those because even doing uh, the River Hymn side quest that we did and you had to go behind the wide mall and like pick up the yeah. things. I hated that. Yeah, it's kind of like that, but with flowers. And she wants it because it's supposed to like the, the Utaro apparently use it to make this tea that's supposed to soothe the mind. But the way she says it, it almost makes it sound like it's like a psychedelic. I was going to ask that. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's the way she kind of says it. And she's like, she wants to see if it inspires any ideas. You know, so I was like, Gene's not enough, but okay, whatever you do, (laughs) you do what you need to do. Uh, There's one where you got to, she gives the location of a pack of Ravagers, and you just have to, you kind of just need to shoot off the cannons, but you just end up fighting it, both Ravagers and killing them. I think this is still considered. In the green swell, but it might be an assault bite. Like it's right there. Actually, mm-hmm. I think it's an assault bite. I can see. I can see the the lake when oh, I'm fighting. Yeah. So it's probably an assault bite. Uh, this property retrieval, which some of her workers stole some scouting reports, and they went to these ruins to get the treasure. And she wants you to go get the treasure before they leave with it. But I'm pretty sure they died. I could not find that in my footage. But I'm pretty sure it's one of those things where they went, took something, and then they died trying to go. Like you know. Sounds about right. So, yeah. And then the last one, Speedy Lancehorns, where she needs these parts from these Lancehorns. This, this is the one thing I disliked about the salvage contracts, is that when you get all the salvage contracts, it's like, oh, one more thing. 
Like, no, you should have told me before I left the first time. Okay. Right. <laughs> I would have just got all of them for you. And I'm pretty sure all of the salvage contracts do that. So, because even the, the, the guy from before, who I can't remember his name right now, uh, he, he, he did the same thing. He's like, oh, but at least that one was fun to me. That one where you have to chase down the land, like the the fire fan. You didn't like that one. No, okay, she didn't. Christina no, no. doesn't like that one. <laughs> I didn't like it because, like, I I don't know about you, but I had so many problems with my mount in this game. Like they just run into everything. There's auto passing in this game with the mounts, so they'll follow the trail. But there's so many times where I'm watching the video where I'm not touching any buttons. They're just running, and then they just start weaving. I'm like, what are you doing? And they fight with me. I never had, like, well, first of all, I never auto path. I just, I, I have control the whole time. No, they just auto path. So sometimes I'm like walking off the path and then they'll try to recorrect themselves onto the path. And I'm like, nah, oh. dude, how did you? No, I, I don't, I don't recall that happening to me. I wonder if I, there, it, I wonder if it's a setting. Maybe it is a setting. Cause I, this I, game does have a lot of like, like, you know, you can turn a lot of things on and off. So I super customized actually around this time is when I super customized my settings because I wanted to see everything on the ground, but I didn't want the HUD always up because I would uh, right. always miss like guns and stuff on the ground. So I found out that you could do fully custom settings. So I played with them a lot. So I might have accidentally turned it on. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I know. Like, I I'm actually close to the part where I turned it from hard to medium, not hard, hard to normal. Yeah. I know I'm close to that part. I'm pretty sure it's when I fought my first thunder jaw. I'm like, this is just <laughs> not it. This is this is not it. Actually, I know it's when I frosted the thunder jaw and it was unfrost. It was brittle. Like the brittle only lasted like ten seconds. I was like, yeah, I don't want to. <laughs> that's that's no good. It took me forever to do it, but that's next. Maybe next. Yeah, probably next episode. <laughs> so. Uh, but yeah, so speedy lance horns. There's a pack of lance horns that you have to kill. I did like they. I did kill the lance horns that were there, but it did not count because there is supposed to be another pack of lance horns. I think right next to it, and they don't pop. They don't spawn. However, when I went back to the camp to see if I did something wrong, the camp is under attack. It turns out this is something that was supposed to happen after you finished the Lancehorns. So basically, the next event in the event chain happened before I, pre I finished the previous event. I didn't have what she needed, so I couldn't turn in the quest. And that quest sat in my log for like an additional 15 hours. <laughs> I would turn on the game every day waiting for the patch for to fix it. And one day I, I logged in and the first thing it did, it said it was salvage contract complete. Uh, it, that, as soon as I logged in, as soon as I logged in, it said salvage contract complete. And I went and got my prize, which uh. I can't remember what it is right now. That's, that's the reason I'm having trouble finding the footage because I'm like, where was that? <laughs> like where, like when did I go and actually talk to her finally? So I could, so I could finish that up, you know? So, hmm. but yeah, so like I said, I just didn't remember too much of, like, they just weren't very memorable salvage contracts. I mean, they're salvage contracts, right? They're not supposed to be, like, like you know, errands or side quests or anything. Yeah, exactly. Like, super memorable or something like that. Even though there's other salvage contracts I do remember more. Maybe not for good reasons. Like, there's the one with the bristle back where you got to find the truffle things. That's when I stopped 
getting salvage <laughs> contracts because of that one. Because of that one? I mean, you only had one more set of salvage contracts after that, though. I didn't even I do I didn't even do this one, though. I didn't know this one was a thing. Oh, I did, Greenswell. Yeah, I did the first ones, and then I did the... I accepted the other ones that you're talking about, and I was like, oh, I'll do these later. Oh, okay. Okay, that makes sense. So, but yeah, like I said, this area, like, the Greenswell's kind of light on activities. Uh, there is a side quest called the Deluge in... Uh, the green swell there's a Tanakh village called bleeding mark and it's been flooded so i came across it while doing the salvage contracts i i was going up to that northern site for the ancient relics and i was passing by this and it was like this place is flooded i wonder if i can mind somebody's business here you know, so <laughs> <laughs> uh so that's how i found it but you can also get this from uh zokan Zokan and Spalding and a Spalding Spear again. Zoka? Somebody make turn that into an image. <laughs> yeah, it's um Zoka, I believe his name is, and yeah. Spalding Spear. And he's the Inker's apprentice. And he's prompted to ask about Bleeding Mark because apparently they have been received they haven't received any supplies from them in a while. Bleeding Mark supplies ink. You know, that's what they do there, which actually they're gonna get into a little bit. Uh and you do find a few survivors, one named Natika. Uh, she's healing the survivors that she's found. So this is my first interaction with the Tanakh in their home territory. And it was not what it was built up to be. So my, it, it, go ahead. Yeah. My, my first interaction was before I went, went up there, I did go to Scalding Spear, which there's not really, I guess, much in at that very time. I did my face paint for the first time. But right, yeah. that's also like the first interaction. And I'll talk more about it like next time. But I got this quest and I was like, oh, he seems a lot more kind than I would have thought. thought. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right. It's just kind of like I get at most. She says, uh, Natika tells Aloy, uh, she says, you're a long way from the east. But other than that, she talks like any other character. Which she is not threatening. She's not aggressive. You said you went to Scalding Spear first. You would think like the uh, the person because there's um a training ground there, and you would think that the person running the training ground might be rough and tough, but they're like super friendly. Like, hey, you want to try some training, huh? <laughs> like, what, what do you think, huh? You yeah, know, like it's they're really chill. They're almost like you know when you go to a Renaissance fair and they're trying to get you into like the axe throwing stuff, and they're like, yeah, yeah that's what it kind of felt like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just, just yeah, so um. Yeah, like I said, it just wasn't what I was expecting because, you know, they are, it's not supposed to be super dangerous and, you know, very hostile. And the only hostile Tanakh we've come across really are uh, Regal's rebels. And and the kids in the cave, but they were hostile for different reasons. Right, exactly. Um. So, like, yeah, I mean, we do run across, I wouldn't call them hostile Tanakh. They're just kind of very dismissive. Done. <laughs> they're, just, they're just kind of very dismissive and stubborn. Yes. Yeah. Like, you know, we're behind our wall here. You go do what you want. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so Natika says the last storm that came through caused a mudslide that came right through the village and they have many missing. And Aloy is like, well, I'll take a look around. And she asks, oh, Natika asks if you find an older soldier named uh, Kentok to let him know where she is. Or specifically, she says, I think she says, let him know I'm here. And it's like, okay, well, I'm sure that's going to come back at some point, which it does. 
And so Aloy uses her focus to look for survivors, and she finds them in a metal tower surrounded by water. And as you're kind of, <laughs> as you're swimming past the metal tower, they basically give you the entire lowdown. It's like, yeah, we came into the tower to escape the flood, but now we can't get out. There's some, there's a <laughs> ladder on the roof. Can you please help us out? Like, you know, that's a lot of information, <laughs> you know, as you're going past. I only heard half of it because I kept falling in the water. And so it would like cut off the dialogue. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So basically you need to get to the top of a tower, top of their tower to push down the ladder. And um, there's another tower right next to it that you're going to climb up, but you got to get to that tower first. So Aloy, she pulls out the old fateful push down a tree trick, you know. I (laughs) was looking for this tree. Like, it went from nighttime to daytime. I was looking for this tree for, like, 30 minutes to an hour. I was getting so frustrated. I like, serious? Yeah, I went. I climbed somewhere I shouldn't have climbed to get a vantage point. I just didn't use my focus, I guess, far enough uh, over. And so I ended up swimming out onto the landmass that the tree was on. And I didn't notice that it said push over for a good like two minutes. And I'm like, what am I doing? And I was like, oh, oh, there's a prompt here. So you can't even appreciate the hilariousness of her pushing down a fully grown tree. No, I, I had to, yeah, I had to push it down. It just took me like 30 plus minutes to find it. Dude, I, I, I have been going to the gym for almost 20 years. <laughs> I wish I was strong enough to push down a tree. My, my favorite part, though, is that she was strong enough to push down this tree, but not strong enough to just break the rusted metal of this building that's been here for a thousand years. Like, I even mentioned that. Like, wh- like why can't I break these walls? This is like old as dirt. Oh, man. Yeah, dude, I wish. Like, what's she benching, man? Like, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy she's because remember she was doing it in the other game too mm-hmm. and we're not talking about some old decrepit like you know dying trees these trees are full of life <laughs> so she's pushing down trees so um yeah uh like i said no wonder she could fight machines with so much ease like she doesn't even need a bow and arrow she'll just be punching them in the face <laughs> at this point uh yeah but this is like simple puzzle traversal a traversal puzzle if you want to call it that i mean you just kind of go up you pull things down with the pole caster and you hop over from one tower to the other and then you bring down the ladder and when i say bring down the ladder you literally bring down the ladder because you go to kick it down and it falls off and the thing about it i, re- I knew it was going to fall off before it fell off because when the ladder goes down the voice line activates early where the girl says, that was our only way up. Now what are we going to do? And then I fell off. <laughs> okay, wait, 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 wait. You were able to actually get on the ladder? Yeah, like you didn't get to the, get on the ladder? Yeah, get, you get to the top. I get on the ladder. She gets on it and she kicks it down while she's on it. And then she hangs there and it falls off. Okay, so I was so confused in this part because I am at the top and I can see the hole and I can see this little miniature ladder and I'm like inching to the edge like for her to grab the ladder and it won't let me to the point of I just fall in the hole and she's like, that was her only way out. I'm like, what do you mean? It's like a three foot ladder. So I think somehow my (laughs) game broke the ladder before I got up there. Oh, yeah. No, I grabbed the ladder. And like I said, when it comes down before it breaks, she's like, that was the only way up. What are we going to do now? I'm like, oh, I guess this ladder is going to break. It's like, crack. And then it comes down. <laughs> nope. I just <laughs> fell straight in the hole. I was inching for like 
30 seconds until I just fell in the hole because I thought I was I, looking for the drop down option. Dude, I just jumped on. I just jumped on the ladder and it did it. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so she brings it down and inside she talks to a Tanakh survivor. That is literally the name of the character. So, you know, this character is not important. <laughs> <laughs> And the first thing she says to Aloy is is that she's not one of them. She's like, oh, sorry. Like, I'm being rude. I'm like, that is not, like, it, that's not what I would expect from the Tanakh. Right. You know? It's more, like, the way they talked about the Tanakh is like, you're not one of us. We're hungry. We're going to eat you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what you would expect based on what they've said about the Tanakh. Yeah, like, we're going to drink your blood out of your skull, kind of. Exactly. You know, and Aloy's like, you know I eat tree bark, right? Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, please, guys, tell me you remember that. Like, please tell me. <laughs> so, um, so uh, you know, she says the ladder's the only way out. And was like, oh, I'll find another way out. And then she tells you about another group of survivors that she saw heading toward a watchtower toward the north. And Aloy was able to make a way out by using the pole caster to pull down some support beams. I guess they weren't, they, like, you don't need those support beams up, huh? Like, they, <laughs> you could just pull those down and it's perfectly fine. The word support is completely man- meaningless here. I still don't understand how, like, she could do all of that and the building doesn't fall apart and, like, you can't break through. Like, this building is so old. Uh, it's so old. I I don't get it. Yeah, and it's covered in, like, I wonder what the buildings are because they, they're not, like, solid buildings like the other ones. Like, they, they're just covered in, these towers are covered in, like, thin metal panels. Thin metal, like, like sheet metal, it, it seems like. Well, they do explain what the area was. Where do they explain what the area was? Oh, you didn't. So there's data points around. I didn't see any data points. So enlighten us. Uh, so. Th- okay. Well, that's kind of a lot because I didn't look to see what other data points there were. And I don't think I was supposed to get these data points because I think you're supposed to come back afterwards. But I found them while I was swimming around. Part of the game being bugged, I guess, on oh, my end. Okay. Uh, but I never came back, so I, I missed some stuff. There's absolutely zero reasons to come back here after you're done, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was like a Cinnabar mining area. So that's what the red ash is. But I think they stopped because of the high levels of mercury or something. So Tanakh are inking themselves with cinnabar that has mercury in them. So I'm like, huh, I wonder if this is what makes them like more aggressive or something. I don't know. Yeah, I, I thought it would make them more dead if it was mercury. <laughs> like, <laughs> but they seem to be pretty healthy people, to be honest with you. Yeah. I, we're going to talk about the, the the ink. We're definitely going to talk about that uh, in, in a few here. But uh, yeah, so I didn't realize it was, so it was like a mining operation. I mean, that would make sense like with the area and the fact there's a crane, which we're going to talk about. So that was probably just a silo for the Cinnabar. Yeah. Which I would imagine. Yeah. Like, you, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Like, uh, here I am talking about I can kick, like, you know holes through a, a, a you know a silo now like <laughs> but i but i can't um but yeah so the next area Aloy goes to is called the grotto and there's some soldiers trapped on a watchtower by some machines now i'm gonna assume i'm gonna assume they had to ditch their gear 
to go to this watchtower, which is why they're not fighting these machines themselves. They're trapped up there by some machines. So that was another thing I guess I got that you didn't because when I went, I went there and I went to the top of the mountain to glide down there to talk to them. And they were like, oh, you're trapped up here too. And then I looked around and I was like, oh, there's a lot more machines than I expected. So I dropped down, stealth killed something, like a burrower. And they're like, hey, you. And I'm like, shut up, dude. Like, they don't know I'm here. (laughs) And they say that they saw the machines and they had to hurry up and run up there. They didn't even have time to grab their weapons or anything. So they're completely defenseless and asks us to get rid of the machines. They tell you about uh, that there's some environmental traps in the area, too. Oh, no. I just, I just straight from the silo i just hovered over there and landed in the grass and got busy you know like that yeah. <laughs> that's what that's what i did <laughs> so yes they they did lose their machines by um i mean, I mean their, <laughs> their weapons they lost, they their, lost weapons. their weapons because they were running up there to get away from the machines uh, okay yeah so on hard i felt this area was a little difficult it was it was kind of difficult because I did not feel like I had an arsenal that really was built to like smack up snap maws. Cause you get this two snap maws and two burrowers, right? The burrowers are easy enough. Like you can want, like they're on either side of the area. So you can just stealth them. Or at this point, you should be able to override them, but it doesn't matter. Cause if you override a, a burrower versus a snap maw, Stat Mall's gonna sneeze on it and it's gonna die. Like it's it's it dies so fast. Like it didn't even provide a distraction for me. Like it, it, I would override it, it would make the noise, the snap mall would come over, like smack it with its tail, and then it would be gone. Dude, so but even on normal, this was difficult because I was still getting used to the game and I made some very dumb decisions. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Cause I, I stealthed the first burrower and then the second one I went to sell it, but it saw me. So I like killed it, but I thought the snap maw saw me. So I ran back a little bit so I could shoot the environmental trap and I shot it and it drops down. Snap maw didn't even notice me. So of course it hears the environmental trap, runs over by the grass that I'm in because I'm right there. And I was like, oh, maybe I can just stealth hit it from here. And I walked too far out of the grass, I guess, and it saw me. And then uh, I struggled so hard. Dude, I, well, I think, like, first, the, like, snap malls are pretty big, and this area is not that large. Oh, Mm-mm. it's wide. The area is wide, but the spaces that you can fight in are not that large. So you end up fighting, if you alert one snap mall, the other one is going to get alerted. Like, it's going to see you can't fight them individually. And so you basically end up fighting two snap maws in a limited space. They have their physical attacks. They have ranged attacks. And then, like, they have those AOE ice attacks. So if you're, like, dealing with one, the other one could be anywhere shooting ice at you. It just doesn't make for a good situation, you know? Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, I ended up having to just be more patient. And I used traps to, like, weaken them up. I did use the environmental traps to weaken them up. And then once they were down enough, I would start to hit them again. But even then, like even with their health low, without them having some type of status on them, they just don't take that much damage because they're heavily, heavily plated. And then if you try to shoot the sack underneath, at least at my current being at level for the quest and... I think I was at level for the quest at the time. Yeah, being at the level for the quest and it being on the hard difficulty, it was like the sack was like just not popping. And so 
yeah wasn't wasn't working out that great i think <laughs> so, I've, yeah I, yeah i think i popped the second one sack like right like i popped it and then killed it immediately like it was i was already done struggling i already killed one of them right yeah so once i got yeah yeah once the one was dead then i could take the longer fight with the second one like well sorry once that one was dead and the two burrowers were also dead that's when i was able to do that because the thing about like fighting the snap mall with the burrowers around burrowers are trash mobs right like they're mm-hmm. they're basically easy to kill but trash mobs kill <laughs> trash trash mobs kill like when you're fighting a boss you usually get hit with a the trash mob is what gets you that hit and gets you to die when you're playing like doom and you're fighting one of the big demons it's always the imp with the fireball that gets you in the back <laughs> you know and you die you know so the trash mobs do they they do hurt <laughs> they do get the kills so uh, after that, I think, um, yeah, after you kill those machines, those soldiers comes down. Uh, one of them tells you about more people trapped on the eastern cliffs. They can use your help. And I'm like, for people who don't like outsiders, they certainly don't mind asking for help. You know? Yeah. So. I, that's actually the one that I got first. So I went to the cliffs, the towers, and then the machines. Ah, uh, gotcha. Okay. So uh, she asked about Kentok, but he's like, well, the last time I saw Kentok was before the mudslide. I'm like, okay, not helpful. Thanks. <laughs> and then I moved on to the Eastern Cliffs where there's some survivors kind of trapped on a rock mass. There's like a crane right next to it. So you know what you, you know you're supposed to use this crane. Uh, you get the crane to move by igniting some fire gleam underwater that slides into place. Now, I mean, this is a really dangerous situation because if you don't move fast enough, like this crane will just crush you. Like... <laughs> This whole thing, I was like, how is she not dead? How does she avoid that? Could, would she not get electrocuted? Like, is there not any electricity in this area? Like, there are so well, many I, questions. I don't think there's any electricity. I, don't, I say, I don't think there's electricity. I'm just talking about the sheer force of this thing moving once the fire gleam had exploded. So, uh, but once you do that, then you got to move some counterweights so you can get the crane to tip down. Then you got to cut like some cables and bam, now you have the crane in place to rescue the survivors. And the survivors thank you. And they tell you they, they basically got stuck up there because they waited too long to get down. Like they got up there, the water was there, and then the water started to recede and they just kind of stayed up there. I guess because well, one guy has snapped his leg, which, um, right. I don't know. After what happened to the blind guy, I, they, I feel like they, <laughs> they, they, they treat, they treat, like, I feel like they treat their, their warriors like horses. Like, you know, he broke a leg, you know, put the tarp <laughs> over him. I was going to say, stick <laughs> him in the back. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, um, I was at a horse race one time when I was very young, and they they put that they they put that tarp right over that horse and then shot him right there. I was like, "Wow, what?" (laughs) So, I mean, they made it seem like you you would think that'd be like. I guess they thought it like, well, if they don't see it, it's not that big of a problem. But you still hear the gunshot, (laughs) like so. Oh man, but I yeah, guess so. what else are they gonna do? Like carry it out? How would you? That's yeah, like a... that's gonna be really tough. Even though I'm pretty sure we have some type of machinery that do it, right? Um, but um, so yeah, so yeah, I wouldn't want to be an injured person in Tanakh territory because it kind of seems like like a bad time, <laughs> you know? Like you're useless to us now. You know, that's what that like their their laws. Or the way, you know, their customs are kind of like what people talked about them being like kind of not ruthless, but like, you know, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, I mean, ruthless sounds like the correct word. 
I guess, okay, so ruthless. <laughs> but then you talk to them and they're like normal people. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the, broken, degree, yeah. the broken leg will heal. The acid to the eyes, that's not healing. That is true. But you tell me you can't find another, like anything this person can do. <laughs> like, yeah. There's nothing that there's nothing that they could do besides like, uh, well, we could throw him in the in the into the pits with the machines and you know see if he comes out okay. Like you know. Yeah, I was gonna say like no because they all they all fight. That's the Tanakh way, but that's not true. So exactly. So, uh, but yeah. So, um, uh, one thing I do want to know the, the the deciding factor in Aloy being able to help two of the three groups. Is that she had a pole caster and they didn't. Yep. <laughs> that, is, that is a deciding factor. The people in the silo could have got out if they had a pole caster. The people on the rock mass probably could have got out if they had a pole caster. Except the guy with the broken leg. He was stuck. Uh, but we'll come back for you later, dude. Yeah. Sh- wink, wink. wink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, but Aloy heads back to Natika because she didn't find Kentok and she wants to let her know, so... Uh, once you're talking to Natika, you find out that she was the last one to see him just before the storm hit, and she wanted to leave the village. She, the conversation he has is that she wanted to leave the village to pledge her blade to the chief's guard, but he refused to discharge her. So the chief's guard is exactly what it sounds like. It's a group that guards the chief, and in this case, specifically at the Grove. Uh, and the Grove is a place that we haven't been to yet on this show, uh, which is an old world ruin dedicated to the Ten who they say are the bravest of soldiers from the old world. And we will hear a lot about the 10. We'll hear what the 10 really are. (laughs) Um, And uh, Chief Akaro, he rules from the Grove. It's basically their White House. It's it's their White House. I didn't even think of it that way. It is. It it is their (laughs) White House, yeah. Because I think you find out later on that he, I don't think he just chose to, to, to rule from there. I'm trying to think like, well, like I have, maybe I shouldn't even count on it. Cause it's a, it's a little blurry for me right now, but I think the Grove was always a location that was considered, um, you know, uh, to be like a seat of power. So whichever clan controlled it was considered the most powerful clan at the very least. What Hikaru is doing now is different than what the clans did before. And we'll get into that once we get into, uh, you know, that main quest, because they do talk about it. But if I remember correctly, whoever controlled the Grove contro- didn't control the clans, but basically was considered the most powerful clan. And I, But I will say that the Grove is in the Lowland clans area, I think, or at least that's, they're the closest ones to it. It's either in the Lowlands or very close to it, because it, like it looks to be the same type of area. Right. I can't even... It's in the jungle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. So uh, you find out that Kentok is her squad leader, and she's trained under him ever since she was assigned to that squad. And she's like, we well, could be tough, but, you know, she's quicker and deadlier because of him. And he taught her to fight for something greater than herself, which is why she wants to pledge her blade to the chief's guard. And Kentok said it was actually a greater honor to serve her squad and clan and she's like, that doesn't make sense. The math's not mathing. The purpose of their squad is to gather ink, uh, you know, supplies for ink. How does that compare to guarding the chief? So something's not really working out there. So she decided to leave anyway and walked out. 
And she was actually on her way back to make amends, but then the mudslide happened, right? Uh, you also find out that the area known as the Greenswell used to be as arid as the rest of the desert lands, uh, which makes it, that's why it makes sense that the desert clan is there. It's desert clan mm-hmm. territory. And she says the storms over the past few years have changed all that, you know, because there's been a lot of rain and everything like, you know, life has been growing there. Now, that's why I think it's called the green swell, because it's a swell of green in the desert. And there's a ton of water there, but it's not drinkable because of what they call ash blood. And it's a red stone that her squad gathers, which they trade to Scalding Spear, the desert clan capital, in exchange for water. And the and th- this is going to be a major thing, by the way, like the the the, the, the trading for water, because other groups in the desert clan also trade other goods for water uh, and it becomes like a, a major plot line. And uh, the anchor and scalding spear uses it for the pigments they use to mark their skin. So that's what well, makes sense for his apprentice to be like, hey, have you heard from these guys? We don't have no ink, <laughs> you know, supply chain issues. Uh, so the reason. They can't drink the water there is because ash blood pollutes the water. That's what they said. So it makes sense. Because it's so, cinnabar. Yeah, like, yep. Yeah. It's the cinnabar. Because Aloy actually says something about it. it. When you're swimming by the silo, she's like, oh, the water seems thick. It's polluted. You know? And uh, so it makes sense. Not only does it have the ash blood, like, you know, that cinnabar in it, but it also has uh, the mercury, mm-hmm. too. The same water that Aloy has been swimming in during this <laughs> side quest. <laughs> okay. Like, I really hope this doesn't turn into a Red Dead Redemption 2 type of thing. I don't think it will. And I'm not going to get into it because I don't want to spoil it for anybody. But if you played it, you know. Okay. You know, if you know, you know. If you haven't played it, play Red Dead Redemption 2. It is phenomenal. It is absolutely phenomenal. I played it for like three hours. So you, you didn't get out of the snow. No, I got out of the snow, and I got to the oh, next. Oh, you did? Yeah, I got to the next town. Hmm. You did that fast then, because the snow part's like a five-hour part for most people. Okay, maybe it was a little. Listen, it was like two <laughs> or three years ago. I just oh, pulled a number out. Yeah. Uh. So, Aloy says she's going to take another look around, but as she's saying that, another survivor says that Kentok saved them right before the mudslide. He pushed him out of the way, but the flood water took him uh, to this place toward, uh, toward this place called the Gouge, which, uh, you know, Natika tells Aloy where it is and she'll catch up later. And the Gouge is basically like an old mine, but the entrance is collapsed. And so Aloy finds some places to use her pole caster and gets inside. And then she has to do that thing where she jumps off first and then turns around and, you know, <laughs> ropes her, her way down. Uh, so basically, and then she finds Kentok at the bottom. So basically, he gets swept away by this water, pushed into this, these mines, and then straight down the shaft. And I'm like, oof, not looking too good, Kentok. This is not looking too good for you. Pretty lucky that Aloy didn't just land on him after not looking and <laughs> shooting. Uh, so yeah, he is happy that Natika is back because Aloy's like, Natika sent me looking for you. Uh, but regrets not letting her go. He admits that he didn't want to sacrifice her. So he must think highly of her, like as a soldier, right? And he says the chief guard will gain an invaluable soldier. Uh, and yeah, he, the, the chief's guard will gain an invaluable soldier. So 
He's then like Aloy's like, we're gonna find a way to get you out of here. And he's like, Yeah, I'm pretty sure you know a fatal wound when you see it. He's like, I'm done. He's like, you know, he's like, uh, my service to the clan is done, and that Aloy should leave him, but she won't. She's like, Oh, I'll find another way out. And Ken talks like, there is no way out, but Aloy's like, Well, there's water coming from another source. So if I can find out where that water is coming from and open it up, her plan is to get the 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 shaft to fill the shaft up with water, because Kentok is on like this raft wooden yeah yeah so i'm kind of like where'd you get the raft bro uh (laughs) but like yeah he's on like this little raft thing and she wants to move it up the shaft so you do some traversal you find the source and conveniently it's held back by some fire gleam and uh blowing that up it gets the water to come through and the raft straight up the shaft and uh aloy is able to get kentuck out but as soon as he's out he dies like (laughs) Like, I'm like, wow. Like, it didn't even give him any final words. Like, he gets out, Natika's out there, and then he just hits the ground. I was like, ugh, <laughs> gone. That was his last breath. Like, he was out. Remember in so. Zero Dawn, where anytime anyone would die, they would wait for you to approach them first and then let you know what's going <laughs> yeah. on. And then just, yeah. die. It's basically, just go, yeah. yeah, basically what happened. Yeah, except he like he didn't even get he they didn't even let him get his last words out. Aloy had the same for him, like because he right. Aloy tells Natika that he said the blade answers only to the hand that commands it, and um, he doesn't say that to us. No, actually, he says tell Natika and Aloy's like you tell, you her, tell yourself. her yourself. Yeah, and as far as I'm concerned, they don't have that conversation. There's nothing said. But no, like, she's like, he said this. Maybe you have, maybe as they were floating up. I feel like that didn't happen on- right away. So that's the only explanation is as they were floating up. You know, he says it anyway. Because like, no, dude, I'm really going to die. Like, yeah. <laughs> like- <laughs> also, so I'm sure Aloy it. carrying him out didn't help. Like, if he just laid there and she came over, he probably could have said it. Probably, yeah. But now, like, getting around, moving around, getting that bleeding going, probably not helping. I'm not like a doctor or anything, so I'm, I yeah. don't know how that works. But they always <laughs> tell you not to move anybody. Yep, exactly. <laughs> they tell you, they tell you don't, don't move them because you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you exactly. know, so. Yeah. I also like how there he was like, I'm sure you know a fatal wound when you see one. And I'm like, I don't know, man, you look pretty okay. Like, there's no <laughs> no blood or anything. Like, I think you're fine. It's gonna be fine. You're being, you're, you're exaggerating. It's all in you your know. head. Yeah. It's all in your head. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently not. So, uh, so Natika says that's what they say. That's what he would say when they spar. And sometimes it was an insult, and sometimes it was a compliment. But basically, it means that it was always her choice to stay or go. And so, what she's gonna do? She's going to help Bleeding Mark recover. And after that's done, she can join the Chief's Guard. And she wants to lay him to rest with honors first. So that's what she is going to do. And as a reward, she gives you the best armor the game has given you so far, which is the Tanakh Vindicator armor. Unless you just did not do this quest early enough. Because this armor was excellent for like where I was. Like and even Christina, like you you this was the, the best armor you had so far, right? I wear this this armor for like 30 hours in this game i swear like i put that on and i did not change for a very long time yeah because the upgrades were like nice the upgrades were good yeah Yeah. so like because yeah 
the weapons that they usually get aren't that great up until mm-hmm. this point. The armor that they've given you so far isn't that great. Like it doesn't really feel like progression. They're like, you better spend that money. You know, like that's what they were kind of, that's what the feel I was getting from it. But uh, no, man, like this was like great. Like I got it. And I was like, let me go take a look at it. And then I started, I was like, wow, this is actually really good. I'm really mm-hmm. glad I did this quest. I'm really glad I did this quest. And it actually, looks, it looks pretty cool because it actually gives Aloy tattoos. Yeah. So, you know, it's because it, it's, it's a Tanakh Desert Clan armor. So obviously mandatory mid-drift because it's hot out there. Of course. And uh, then, you know, she has the Desert Clan colors. So and it, this is. Oh. Huh? I was going to say all like almost all of her armor has midriff. Like that was like a consistent thing. People would say like I would change armor and they're like, oh, there's the midriff. Can't not have it. Really? Yeah. I'm trying to think of the, the next set because I did not change armor for a while with this. And I think the next set of armor, I can't remember if it had a midriff or not. I have to. I, well, when I get there, I'll find out. Maybe I should just look at my on my final video <laughs> and see if I, if I if I'm wearing armor with a midriff or not. I don't think so. So I'm did you did you go back to Bleeding Mark after you like left this area? No, I never went back to Bleeding Mark. So apparently, I think what you did in the shaft, like when you drain the their fill it up, I think drains the rest of the village. So if you go back, it's fully drained. And I think that's when those data points are supposed to be found. But I just found them because I was struggling to find a tree. Oh, okay. So it turns into a regular village. I don't know if it has like merchants or whatever, but. Gotcha. Yeah, I haven't gone back. Like I just, I I haven't thought of another reason. It's not like they send you back like for any reason. Right. You know, so. I'm actually looking at a video after I've beaten the game, and she does have midriff, but it's a Tanakh armor. It's another Tanakh armor. I had Osiram armor on, I think, after this, and had a midriff. Really? Like, this is, I think this is another version of the Vindicator. I think this is another version of the Vindicator. It's, it's either, a, a t- it's another version of Vindicator, or it's another, t- it's definitely a Tanakh armor, because ha- she has tats. Mm. So, looks like Sky Clan. Actually, I don't know. I have to I have to double check. I'll take a look at it. But yeah, this one looked cool though. I I did mm-hmm. I did think it looked pretty nice. So, but um, yeah. I mean, that's that for the grand spell. Like I said, wasn't there's not much to do here. We're gonna be heading south into Shining Wastes and into Dry Yarn. So I think since we've kind of been talking like areas for now. I think we're just going to go into There's like a three quest. I would say, uh, many, many series, like something that would have been like a, a main quest in the last game. Kind of like Durval was, mm-hmm. this is, this is, this kind of fits like that. So I think maybe next week we'll just kind of get into these three quests and then we'll talk about those areas like the, the shining waste and the dry urine. Cause they kind of look the same. So, <laughs> you know, it, we'll, we'll combine the two. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, Christina, how, what, what are you, what are your thoughts right now? Frustrated, but relieved because this quest was like the most frustrating thing I've done up into this point, but that, that armor was so worth it. I uh, yeah, the, the, the fight with the snap maws were frustrating. Oh, and then you also falling into I, the hole. <laughs> I got so lost. Like this took so much longer. I went through so many night and day cycles. It took so much longer than it should have. 
Yeah, like, and that's another thing. You also not being able to find the tree to push down so she could be Hercules, <laughs> you know. So yeah, and it was just yeah. The, the, I would say that the biggest, the biggest uh, frustrating thing for me would be where the snap malls were because especially when I started to take it slow and I had to like go in and out of the water and you know stuff like that and sneak around. Like it just wasn't what I wanted to do at the time. So yeah, that was probably the most dangerous fight that I did up until that point. I was, however, excited to finally meet the Tanaks and interact with them, even though, like we've said a million times, they were completely different than I had expected. But I kind of thought at that point it might have just been because they were desperate and they needed help. Right. That's not the case. But... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, I think it was was just, you kind of buy into what they say about the Tanakh because, like, kind of what they say about the Banuk is true like you know Mm -hmm. that they're kind of closed off and they really only care like you know the only time they really want to deal with you is for commerce and stuff like that to trade for goods and things and that's what they are like the banuk are closer to what i would imagine the the tanakh to be like what what they sound like yeah Yeah. the the banuk are closer to what the tanakh Tanakh description was yeah i i think though the problem that we have and i guess we did hear some from the utaru and the tanakhs have gotten a little bit more tame over the years versus what they used to be. But a lot of the stuff that we heard was from the Karja, who, one, didn't have much interaction with them, and two, when they did, was, like, you know, during the Red Raids, when the tax did push them back. Right. So maybe it just seemed more severe because of how limited our information was. was. And the Osiram didn't have anything to go off of except for what the Karja said. That's true. We also did meet a Tanakh in the previous game, who, based on her face paint, was a part of the Lowland clan, I'm pretty sure. The the one where you had to like, kill in the bandit camp. I'm pretty sure her, yeah. her face paint was like teal and stuff like that. Teal and magenta. She, so she would have been Lowland clan. I don't remember, but she was she was more intense than any of the Tanakhs that we encounter in this game. Yeah, she was like, oh, I'm going to steal you as my kid. Drink my blood Drink, when I die. Yeah, <laughs> she was talking about you know. drinking blood and stuff. There is a data point that explains that, though. There is one. Yeah. I'm not sure. Okay, so you did get that one. I, did, I don't remember 100% what it said, but I do remember it being explained somewhere in the game. We'll get to it, but I think they said something about it being, because it's Fashav. Fashav has left behind a whole bunch of data points. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said in the prison at Sunstone Rock, I believe that was called, Sunstone Rock. From the last uh, game? Yeah, from the last game. Yeah. He met a Tanakh there, and, you know, she she said the same thing. She's like, Bring, drink my blood, dude, you know. And <laughs> um, he, like, I guess when he came to, to, like, you know, he got captured by the Tanakh and became a marshal, they explained to him that that was, like, an old um, ritual. Like, that. Like they used to do stuff like that, but they, they kind of calmed down from that. <laughs> you know, it was like, right. you know, chill with the blood drinking and the child stealing. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah so but yeah like i said next time we're definitely we're, we're, regardless we're definitely heading south for sure we're heading south into shining waste and dry iron i do believe we're gonna probably just maybe skip ahead to to Arrowhand and then get that 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 triple quest started so but uh yeah and with that we're gonna be done for this episode thank you guys for listening uh if you want to keep with what's with what's going on with this show uh, you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash the mash network. Uh, Christine, where can they find you? 
You can find me at S'mores Pop-Tart on Twitter and Twitch. You can also find me on another podcast on the network called Wondrous Tales, where we cover Final Fantasy XIV, anything we feel like talking about. All right. <laughs> and you can find me on uh, Twitter as well at Josh Tradamus. You can also find me streaming on our Twitch channel from time to time, twitch.tv slash smash those buttons. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, we'd love to have you join our Discord, which is match.gg slash Discord. And I encourage you guys to reach out to the show with the comments and questions. Uh, so you can do it on Discord. You can do it on Twitter. You can even send us an email at contact at match.gg. And if you enjoy the show and you want to help us out, one way to do that is to share the show with others and also to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast platform of choice. If you want to take support a bit further, you can go to mtb.gg slash support and see all the different ways to support matches buttons. Uh, we do have a Patreon, which support starts at about $2 a month. Uh, we have a Teespring store, which is merch.mash.gg. Uh, we have Twitch subscriptions available at twitch.tv slash mash those buttons. And also Humble Bundle affiliate links where you can buy uh, games for Steam, Epic Game Store, Uplay, and more. And also one-time PayPal donation links. And I encourage you guys to stay tuned after the show to hear more about Mash Those Buttons. Oh, bye. <laughs> you set me up again. See, this time I was trying not to set you up. No, but this time you... I was like, I was gonna be like, okay, I'm just gonna let her talk. Like, you know, no, because you always say see ya, so I'm like, see ya. Yeah. Now right, you're gonna we'll change it up on me, and I'm gonna get messed up every time. Now <laughs> we'll get it worked out. Eh. <laughs> Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at Twitter.com slash The Mash Network, Facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 